Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. I'm going to deal with the concept this morning. I'm, I'm titling it Weaponized by Faith. Uh, you can go ahead and turn with me uh, to the book of, uh, I know what that is, I can't really see it. You don't have to put up any scripture yet. But we're going to be going to the book of Hebrews. Uh, You can just stay in your seat this morning. Uh, I mentioned Wednesday night that God began to speak to me in prayer about the four rivers that's flowing out of the Garden of Eden. I don't know if you've never noticed that, but I hadn't paid a whole lot of attention to it. But God spoke to me in prayer, amen, and, and, and showed me. He said, I am multifaceted. And them four rivers uh, represents uh, the multifacetedness of God. And he said, I need you to be able to partake from and flow with all four streams. Because we have a tendency in the body of Christ to get one perspective of God. And we can't see him outside of that. And so God is training some of us here to see God in every dimension. And when we're able to do that, then we have the full gospel of Jesus Christ and we become a strong body. So today I'm really going to deal with a stream that you may not be used to. I'm going to deal with a stream that we don't hear preached anymore. Uh, (laughs) But I want you to go with me because you see, I'm afraid the 21st century American preacher, uh, and I'm just going to deal with America. I'm afraid the 21st century American preacher has taken a portion of the Bible and created another gospel. And I've been fighting this for about four weeks in some of my preaching. We've created another gospel. It's a gospel that requires nothing. It's a gospel that costs nothing. It's a gospel that says that the goodness of God exempts you from loss. Don't be quiet today. That the goodness of God exempts you from loss. It, it, it's, it's, it's a gospel that says that you'll never suffer any loss. You'll never endure any hardship. You'll never face any adversity. This other gospel props your faith up on your material stuff and your comfort. Are y'all going to go with me today? Or, or that your faith can be measured by how much stuff you have. Well, I I need you to hear this warning from your pastor. When you base your faith on material stuff, on your health, listen to me. Here, listen to me. When When you base your faith on your material stuff, or your health, or relationships, Uh, your income, then all of these things become a target for the enemy. Are you following me? Because he says, if that's what you're going to put your faith in, that's all I have to attack to get you to lose your faith. This other gospel insinuates that you will never have to live by faith, walk by faith, Worship by faith, pray by faith, smile by faith. Somebody shout at me. Amen. 
You'll never have to speak by faith. You'll never have to give by faith. You'll never have to be married by faith. Oh, help me, Jesus. They ain't going to. Just sit there and be quiet, Josh. Look at Pop. They have predicated the... They have predicated faith, Kamal, and the goodness of God on how comfortable He can make you. Therefore, when things get uncomfortable, then there's only one logical explanation. God must not be good or I must not have faith. It's a faulty gospel that attaches faith to God's performance instead of his person. I want to say that again. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a faulty gospel that uh, attaches faith to God's performing when you want him to perform and doing what you want him to do rather than the faith that is rooted in who God is. And as a result of this faulty Doctrine, multitudes are blindsided and they're confused when opposition and adversity comes knocking on the door. My God, I'm just going to be real today. I'm just going to be as pastoral as I can be today. Amen. And then all of a sudden, I don't understand. Amen. And and, and I'm glad you kids are in here with me today because you got to know this now. Amen. Because there's this... this, this sugary gospel that's being preached uh, that when you become a Christian, everything is fine. Nobody gets sick. Nobody dies. Nobody loses jobs. (laughs) Amen. Nobody has opposition. And we have this misconception of who God is. So when that comes into our lives, we don't know how to navigate it. We don't know how to navigate it. And what it does, it reveals what my faith is tied to. Amen. And ultimately, God gets the blame. Well, today, I'm going to inoculate you from being blindsided. (laughs) Amen. Uh, I said, I'm going to inoculate Life Church from being blindsided by the devil in making you lose your faith and question God because you don't understand what's going on in your life. The Bible says, I want you to write down some scriptures today. This ain't my text, but there's a scripture in 1 Peter 4 and 1. It is powerful. I'm going to give you scriptures today you've probably never spent any time with. But 1 Peter 4 and 1 says, For as much as Christ had suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. Amen. Arm yourself. In other words, weaponize yourself with a mindset that if Jesus suffered, then I'm going to suffer some stuff myself. Amen. Come on, this could be the most important doctrine you ever hear right here, right now. Amen. Peter said, for as much as Jesus suffered, then weaponize your mind. In other words, prepare yourself that you're going to face some adversity in your life. Amen. So I'm going to weaponize you today to be ready to live by faith, to walk by faith, to speak by faith, amen, to be married by faith, to worship by faith, and never be tempted to quit God or surrender your faith. Are you ready? All right, turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Now, some of you sitting here living in a rose garden, this ain't going to mean nothing to you. Whatever that means. 
I never promised you a rose. I think that's a song I used to listen to when I was a sinner. Whitney, sing that for me. Can you, you know that song or is that too old? Are you in Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 32? I'm going to pull two passages of scriptures and I could pull, and this is such a large subject. I'm going, to, I'm going to pull my text from two churches that were under extreme persecution, trial, tribulation, suffering, agony, prison. He's writing to the persecuted church of the book of Hebrews and says, But call to remembrance the former days in which, after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. Did y'all see what that scripture just said? He said, don't y'all remember when you got saved, all hell broke out? I'm going to need some help, Kamal. You going to help me over there? Because people are not used to preaching. Amen. Uh, he didn't say, now when y'all get saved, Kool-Aid's going to run out of your faucets, honey's going to drip out of your cabinets, amen, and everybody's going to love you, and you're going to love everybody, and your babies are never going to get sick, and you're not going to lose this, and you're not going to He said, don't you remember when you got saved, hell broke out in your house. He said, when you were illuminated, you endured a great fight. Did y'all hear last week? I wasn't here, but I listened to it on the road all the way home. You endured a great fight of afflictions. He said, partly while you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions. Uh, did y'all know this stuff was in y'all's Bible? And partly while you became companions of those of them who were so used. In other words, he said, you were insulted, you went through injury, they hated on you, and some of the reason they hated on you is because you were sympathetic to those who had been put in prison because they believed in Jesus. So you're going through hell not just because you got saved, but because you like saved people. I'm preparing you for the world we're living in. Kids, you listen to me. Amen. I'm preparing you for the world we're living in. And if you don't see it happening now, amen, you got your head in the sand. Amen. He said, he said they, they, they started ridiculing you and they started hating on you for a lot of different reasons. But for one reason is because you associate with that party. You associate with that bunch. He said in the next verse, for you had compassion of me in my bonds. Oh, here's one that I just can't even, I, I just can't even wrap my mind around. Are you with me? And you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. Is that in your Bible? They come confiscated your stuff. They come in your house and took your stuff because you became a Christian and you took it with joy. Are y'all listening to me? I'm sorry, I'm just overwhelmed with the Bible. Amen. Amen. When you freaked out because your tire was low. Amen. He, he said, they came in, confiscated all your stuff and you took it with joy, and here's why. Because you knew in yourself that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. In other words, instead of you getting mad at God, you said, take it. I got some eternal stuff where I'm going. 
I, I don't know if y'all listening to me. I'm preaching the church of the Bible, not the church of the 21st century. Amen. When we stay ticked off at God and mad at God because everything ain't flowing in my way and I prayed it and God didn't answer it and I told God to do this and he didn't do it. Amen. Are you listening? Come on now. I, I, ain't none of us exempt. We've all been there. Can I get a witness? Amen. They come in wrecking their houses, taking their stuff, lost the car, lost the house, lost everything and they're out there rejoicing and amen. This is what's in the Bible, amen. They said, you can take my stuff, but you can't take my joy. You can take my stuff, but you can't take my faith. Why? Because my faith ain't tied to that car out there. It ain't tied to nothing in my life. It's tied to God. And he said, amen. I'm just passing through anyway. Hey, is anybody in this place? Amen. He said the reason they could take it with joy is because they had an eternal perspective instead of a temporal perspective. Wow, what a church. I've been so convicted. He said, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. I want to encourage somebody right now that the devil is after your confidence in God. He's after your faith in God. He's got you questioning in God. I know you can't say nothing this morning, but I come ready this morning. I know I feel you. Amen. He's got you questioning. Is God who he says he is? Amen. Is he good or is he not? He said, and, and so the Paul said, come on, don't throw away your confidence. Hold on to it. You may lose some other stuff, but don't lose your faith. Hold on to it. Why? He said, because there's going to be a reward behind it. There's going to be a reward behind it. <laughs> and then he really starts preaching to a persecuted church in the next verse. He said, for you need endurance. I mean, these preachers kill me. Not you need a counselor. You need to see a psychic. Amen. You, you need to see somebody. You need to get somebody to encourage you. He said, no, what you need right now is some endurance to be able to stand strong. You need endurance that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise for yet a little while and he will come and he will not tarry. Don't forget, he said, he's coming. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back. I need you to look at your neighbor right now and tell him, we don't quit. We don't quit. Tell him. I don't know what hell you're going through, but we don't quit. We don't draw back. I don't draw back. I don't draw back when the devil punches, I punch back. Huh? Come on. Come on, church. We got to get the fight back in the church. Amen. We got to get away from this weak knee gospel. Amen. Oh, poor pitiful me. The devil picking on me. I'll kick him in the teeth. I'm weaponizing you right now. Devil, you can't come against me taking my stuff. I'm ready for this. I was prepped for this. I knew you was coming. Amen. I was in my stance before you ever got here. Amen. I'm not fighting you for my stuff. I'm fighting you for my faith. I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. I kept the faith. I kept the faith. I guarantee you when I stand before God, I may not be able to say I kept the car, I kept the house. I may not be able to say I kept my health. I don't know. But I will be able to say I kept the faith. 
I prayed the prayer. I prayed the prayer when my dad was in, the, in there with a little arterial gram, a one in a million. Wasn't that the odds of that? One in a million chance anything could go wrong. We prayed the prayer. We prayed with him when they wheeled him off, smiling and waving at us. Amen. See y'all in a minute. Amen. Never to see him again because when they went in there, they exploded his heart. Amen. And he never came out. If my faith would have been attached, amen, to him coming out like he went in, I would have lost it all. I lost my dad, but I didn't lose my faith. Is anybody listening to me? I lost him. You lost Adeline, but you didn't lose your faith. You lost Timothy. Timothy. Is anybody listening to me? We are doing our kids a justice and preachers are preaching a gospel that's destroying everybody because they're preaching you're never going to go anything. Everybody's going to live. Everybody, nobody's going to get sick. Yeah, I got the greatest miracle that ever was. God healed my baby of brain damage. That right there, stand up, baby. <laughs> stand up, baby. That's my oldest baby. She's about 40 now, I think. I'm not sure. <laughs> but God healed her <laughs> Yeah, I'll pay for that at lunch. God healed her of brain damage at four or five years old when the doctor said she'll never be normal. Matter of fact, today she was up here worshiping. Amen. And y'all were talking about the goodness stuff about God. Amen. And I thought if, if we wouldn't have stood our ground, she wouldn't be standing there. I wouldn't have them grandbabies. I wouldn't have had Michael Turner in my life. Are you listening to me? He came through. But I have spent many a night or my wife has spent many a night patting the fevered brow of my babies when the fever wouldn't break. Is anybody listening to me? The fever wouldn't break and they got sicker and sicker and sicker. Amen. But we held on to our faith. My God, you better hear me. Why? Because our faith wasn't predicated on God's performance. It was on his person. Amen. And God, I may not get the outcome I want, but I know this. You're in the middle of this with me. So instead of blaming you, I'm going to hold you as you hold me and I hold my babies. <laughs> you look at me like, my God, is you okay? <laughs> I'm telling you, it ain't in your Bible. There is a stream that we got to understand and it will weaponize you against depression and oppression when trouble comes. Amen. When opposition hits your house. If you got the devil doesn't... If the, I'm just going to drink some water. Did I finish my text? We are not of those who draw back unto destruction, but we are those who believe. We are those to believe. I love that scripture. I want to be a part of that group who don't turn and run when you don't get the call you thought you should have get. I want to, I want to be a part of that. Amen. That's, there's a prayer group over on Saturday morning that I've been looking to pray with. Amen. Amen. That still prays. Amen. Even when things are not going our way. Still. You got to be kidding me. Turn that off for me. Don't they know I work on Sunday? <laughs> they obviously are not watching by Facebook. My second, here's my second text. Y'all better pray for me today. Every time I get close to the bank, I'm going to push myself right back out in the middle of this river. 
That's the prophetic word a man of God just gave me. Second Thessalonians chapter number one. Uh, just look it on the screen if you want to. This is the church of Thessalon- Thessalonica. Yeah. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is proper because your faith is growing exceedingly and your love for everybody is abounding. (laughs) Paul said it's only proper that we give God some glory for how you're growing and how your love for one another is just off the charts. But then he says, so that we ourselves glory in you in all the churches. In other words, Paul said, everywhere I go, I'm bragging on you. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God. Here, here it is. Here it is. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. We glory in you for your endurance and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you are enduring. And here's a scripture, I tried to twist it for you. I I tried to pull it in our Americanized gospel. I I tried to get it to mean something less than it really means, but I could not pull it off, so I'm going to read it to you. Your sufferings, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you could be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Read it in a passion. It's even worse. Paul said, your suffering is the proof you're worthy of Jesus. Now, oh, hang in there, Colt. It's going to be okay. Just hang in there, buddy. God is good. God is good. Everything's going to be. No, Paul drops a bombshell and says, the fact that you're willing to suffer for him proves that you're worthy of him. My God, nobody taught me this stuff. It changes everything. Now I understand the scripture, Renee, to where it says they beat the apostles. And when they stripped them, said, don't say it no more. Don't say Jesus no more. Don't preach Jesus anymore. That's what's coming. That's what's happening right now. There's a preacher being fined fined thousands of dollars today as he's preaching the gospel. Amen. They hit him where it hurts in the pocketbook. Amen. And they were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, kids, be ready not to be the most popular. Be ready to be ostracized. Be ready to be hated by people people just because you're associated with the body of Christ. Oh, I'm glad I got these boys right here right now. Be ready and arm yourself right now. Amen. Said, I ain't got to be the most popular down here, but I want to be popular up there. Hey, be ready young people because I'm telling you that's where we're coming to. They tell them, you're not preaching that Jesus stuff anymore. They beat them, tied them to whipping posts now. Can y'all get, I mean, can y'all, are y'all with me? Amen. Uh, they didn't get a tongue lashing. They got a beating until their flesh was hanging from their back. What would the 21st century church would have been saying? Where's God? That's exactly what we'd be saying. 
I thought you was good. I thought you loved me. Amen. I thought, I thought, I thought, my God, is anybody in this house? I thought you would have done this, and I thought you would have struck them all dead, and I thought you would have spared me this misery. Amen. But they were so weaponized, knowing that the devil, knowing that this world wasn't going to accept them, that when they cut them loose and they fell to the ground, when they got back to their feet, the Bible says they let, I'm preaching the word to them. They left the city rejoicing that we had been counted worthy to suffer for Jesus. Is anybody in this place? They said we're running with the big dogs now. We've been, we've been recognized for who we really are. I'm telling you, you better hear me. I told, I prophesied from this pulpit the narrative of the gospel is about to change to meet the demands of the coming world we're living in. And ever since then, it's been changing from. 12 steps to a better me. Where was I at, y'all? Which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. Write that scripture down and y'all go break it down. I broke it every way I could and still couldn't break it. It's still fixed. It still says the same thing. <laughs> you try to break it. which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Paul drops a bombshell here that decimates the 21st century doctrine of easy believism and Christianity immunizes you from affliction. I'm going to say it again. That one scripture, and I could go on, and I got quite a few, amen, because you can't just throw this stuff out here. He drops a bombshell that just obliterates this 21st century Americanized gospel that Christianity immunizes you from trial and tribulation, trouble and persecution. To the contrary, he re reveals the fact that who, anyone who is not willing to suffer persecutions and hardships are not worthy of the kingdom of Jesus. He goes so far to say that, this is your scripture, their willingness to suffer was a manifest sign that they're worthy to be called Christian. In Bible days, you weren't worthy to be called Christian unless you was willing to suffer some stuff. And now everything calls itself a Christian. And it costs nothing. It demands nothing. What a church. This is going to be intense. Are y'all with me? You look real intense. What a church. Paul said, look at this church, y'all. We are thanking God for you because your faith and your love for one another is growing exponentially in the face of persecution and tribulation. Wow. They was growing in a hostile environment. He said, he was saying, the persecutions and the tribulations that usually cause Christians to lose their faith is actually fueling a deeper faith in God and a greater love for one another. I'm telling you, these guys are drawing from a different well than what we're drawing from in the 21st century church. Verse number four, he said, he said, we point to you as an example of unwavering faith. Listen to this. I love this. For all the churches of God, because Paul was an apostle and he traveled everywhere. 
And he said, when we get into these churches, we point to you as an example of unflinching faith. Amen. And he said, we boast about how you continue to demonstrate endurance and love through all the persecutions and trials that you are experiencing. Paul said, we're using your testimony everywhere we go to encourage the other churches. Listen to this. We're building their faith, not by telling them how well things are going for you. We're building their faith by not telling them, not by telling them that life is easy for them over there and life is comfortable over there. And if you would just pray more, it would be better for you and you can be. He said, no, we're building their faith by telling them you're going through hell on earth and you're still growing and you're still loving. Oh, is anybody listening to me? You know why this message was more relevant than you're going to float around on a crowd because every church was going through hell. Every church was suffering persecution. Every church was being thrown in jail. So it built their faith to know somebody else is going through what I'm going through and they're growing in it. If they can grow in it, I can grow in it. If we can... My God, now if you don't make the proper phone calls and and if you're not babysitting people and if you're not, somebody help me this morning. Amen. And jumping through hoops to make people happy. They're going to quit the church. They, 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 They divide and separate from one another. He said back here, they were going through hell. Amen. Their stuff was being confiscated. And you know what it did? It made them love people more. It made their faith go to the next level. And can y'all receive this gospel this morning? Why? Because their faith wasn't predicated on my stuff or my comfort. It was on I had an experience with God. Amen. And this is temporary life. And yeah, Paul said, yeah, I may die. I'm going to die. Matter of fact, I'd rather die. But death is just gain to me. Can we go deeper? He said, yeah, everywhere we go, we're, 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 we're stirring up their faith with your troubles. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me this morning? Huh? We thought we had to defend God and put him in a certain place of Santa Claus so that you would love him and your faith. And Paul said, everywhere I go, I'm building up faith with your trouble." And I'm telling them, you're going through hell. <clears throat> you're going through hell. He said, but the testimony is not what you're going through. The testimony is you're growing ex- exponentially in your faith. Your love for the brethren is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> Hear me. The fact that they're going through something, growing from it. it reminds me of what Peter said. It says, be on guard because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion. And he's walking about seeking whom he may devour. He said, take your stand and resist his ever attack, knowing this, that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kind of trouble. My God, we don't preach like this. We don't encourage anybody like this. Amen. He said, cast all your care upon God because he cares for you. Amen. Some of us have a hard time believing God cares for us if we got trouble in our lives. It's not scripture. It's not Bible. It's not God. Amen. 
He said, be careful because he's walking around seeking whom he may devour. You know who he's devouring according to this scripture? He said, take your stand knowing this. You're in a little bubble. You don't know what's going on in the church next door. You don't know what's going on in the church. You don't know what's going on in the house. So I come to tell you. Stand your guard knowing this. They're fighting the same battles you're fighting. They're going through the same things you're going through. The only difference between you and them is they're getting deeper in God while you withdraw from God. The only... Wow. Wow. He said, they're experiencing the same thing. Then he makes a profound scripture uh, statement. This is Peter now. And this is 1 Peter 5 and 10 if you want to write that down. He said, but know this, the God of grace. The God of grace. You've been preached that grace takes you out of everything. And Peter's preaching it's grace that enables you to endure things. Wow. Listen to the scripture. But the God of all grace has called us into the eternal glory by Jesus Christ. Here, come on now, catch this scripture. After you have suffered a while, he will make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. I don't understand how, why God does some of the things he does or how he works. But this lets me know if you'll hang in there a while, it's going to take you to the next level. If you'll hang in there a while, Amen. So now I know what the scripture means when it says the devil is seeking whom he may devour. You know who he can devour? Those who have not been weaponized by faith. Those who hadn't been taught that trouble's going to come my way. Amen. Those have been taught when the hurricane comes through, it affects everybody. Amen. Are you listening to me? When the devil unleashes an assault, it affects everybody. All your brothers are going through the same thing you're going through, he said. Wow. So Paul and Peter, y'all okay this morning? Was telling the other churches, not only are your brothers and sisters around the world going through what you're going through, but they're growing in it. Their faith just keeps getting deeper. The more persecution comes, the closer they get to Jesus. That's what grew the church, was persecution. The more trial and tribulation come, the more. He said their faith is getting stronger and they're not separating uh, themselves from the body. Their love for one another is growing stronger and stronger. The early church, hear me, body of Christ, the early church understood that being a Christian did not immunize you from trials. Tribulation or affliction. As a matter of fact, Write this statement down. True Christianity attacks, attracts the attacked. This is the stream the Bible preaches. True Christianity attracts the attack. There's some battles you're fighting right now you wouldn't be fighting if you weren't saved. Ooh. You wouldn't be wrestling with God. That's why it's easier sometimes to give up. 
I'm just going to be real. I know y'all are not like this. Sometimes it's easier to give up the fight than to have to dig to find out why God is doing it like he's doing it. Paul said, remember right after you got saved, you entered into battles you didn't have before you got saved. Will anybody just wave at me if that's you? Huh? Because these kids need to know that. That you didn't get up here and get saved and get put in a bubble. And now you don't have any temptations. You don't have any other desires. Come on now. Somebody help me. Amen. You don't have any troubles. Amen. The flu don't come to your house. COVID don't touch you. Amen. I declare it ain't touching us in the name of Jesus. Amen. But are you listening to me? Amen. Matter of fact, there are some things you fight in your mind you would not be fighting if you were not saved. Would somebody just shout hallelujah if I'm preaching the truth? Because let's face it, it's easier to take the broad way that leads to hell than the narrow way that leads to life. I got to pull in. Christianity itself puts you in the crosshairs of the enemy. Huh? That's why you can't be jealous to sinners that's going on their way to hell and they're living life large like everything is all right. You want to know why? Because the devil is a thief and they ain't got what he wants to steal. You do. I'm going to say that again. They don't have what the devil's trying to steal. Amen. They don't live their life by faith. Amen. You do. So that makes you an enemy to the enemy. That's why it'd be so easy to just forget it. Y'all can't say nothing, but I'm just being real. They understood that becoming a Christian does not immunize you from trouble. It throws you on the battlefield. It throws you right in the middle of the fight. You got to fight for your mind. You got to fight for your thoughts. Thank you, Kamal. Huh? You got to fight for purity. You got to fight for holiness because there's a gravitational pull fighting against all of that. And it would be so easy just to go downstream. No, 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 no. The fact you are saved. This is what's got to be preached because people are getting saved thinking we're getting on some yacht and we're just going to float to heaven. No, you're getting on a battleship. Can I get a witness? And you better learn how to use them guns if you're going to make it to your destination. Paul said in his letters to the Hebrews, don't you remember that right after you were saved, you endured this great fight of afflictions. He said, they made you a public spectacle. They exposed you to insults and distresses because you were concerned for those who were imprisoned and you joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew you had eternal possessions. Oh my God, what a church. What a church. He went on to say, he said, so, so, so don't forget what you went through and don't throw away your confidence in the midst of your trial right now. That's what the devil's after. He's after your confidence in God. He said, because you need of endurance. He said, we are not of those who draw back. Somebody say it with me. We don't quit. Come on, somebody say, we don't quit in the face of adversity. We don't draw back. Paul said, if any man draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back. 
He said it. Write these scriptures down now. First, uh, Second Corinthians 4, 7. He says, we're like common clay jars that carries this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow power of God could be seen in us. He said, we experience every kind of pressure, but we're not crushed. At times, we don't know not what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we're not out. My God, are y'all, y'all hearing these writers? Amen. He said, we weren't a mute. Amen. Can I tell you, I'm not destroyed by adversity because I've been weaponized by faith. Jesus told us this thing. What about this message Jesus preached? He told us these things. Jesus said, write it down, John 16, 33. He said, these things I told you that in me you may have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Wait a minute. I thought I could only have peace if everything was flowing my way. But he just said, I told you ahead of time that in this world you're going to have hell on earth so you could have peace. He said, but be of good cheer because I beat it. He said, I beat it while they were beating me. I overcome while I was being beaten. Amen. Some of you are being beaten by adversity. The question is, are are, are you going to be able to beat it while you're being beaten? Paul said, I come, I mean, Jesus said, I come to set an example for you. Amen. That, 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 that I was in extreme tribulation. But while they were beating me, I wasn't beating God. While they were beating me, I wasn't accusing God. While they were beating me, I wasn't hating the brother that was beating me. Be of good cheer. You're going to get beat up every now and then. He said, but I beat it. If I, and I beat it so you can beat it. You can beat it. What a scripture. Hey, man, I don't know if I'm stealing some of Josh's scriptures from last week, but 2 Timothy 3 and 12 says, Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Tell me that, sweet Ray. Did y'all catch that? He said, I just need you to know ahead of time. If you're going to live godly, and you're going to live holy, you're going to suffer some persecution. I'm weaponizing y'all today. (laughs) Amen. Job was sitting in in the ash heap of a burnt empire. Everything was burnt to the ground. All of his kids was dead. Now he's got infection all over his body. And he's sitting in the ash heap. Graves are still fresh. And he's cutting open these boils with a piece of clay. And trying to get some relief. And his own wife looks at him and says, Do you still maintain your integrity? She was saying, You mean 
with all this hell that's broke out in our lives, are you still holding on to your faith and trust in God without blaming Him? She said, curse God and die. Job looked up at her in that dilapidated condition he was in and said, you speak like a foolish woman. (laughs) In other words, what seemed so logical to her was foolishness to him because his faith was founded on something greater than his empire. And he makes a statement, Tammy, that just blows me away. He said... Shall we indeed accept only good for God from God and not accept adversity and disaster? Is, is that what your Christianity is based on? Is that you can only be a worshiper when what you call the goodness of God is being poured out? Is that what we've dilapidated down to? That if the check don't come in, <laughs> my faith don't either? Amen. That if the fever don't break, my faith does. Is that that the new church that we have become? And Paul and and, and Job said, should we only accept the goodness of God? Amen. And not accept adversity in our life. Amen. And, And Paul made a statement that I have a problem partnering with, but he said it anyway. He said, I've looked for God. I prayed for God. I can't find God. And then he makes a profound statement and said, let me tell you this woman, though God slay me, I will trust him. Is anybody in this building this morning? It don't matter what happens. It don't matter, amen, if they get raised from the dead or not. It doesn't matter if the cancer gets healed or not. It doesn't matter if the disease leaves or not. It doesn't matter if I'm dilapidated, amen, and just melt down to nothing in my grave, amen. He said, I will trust him. I will trust him. This message of faith is hard to preach over here. I could preach the house down in Africa with this message. Yeah, yeah, because we've been Americanized. We've been Americanized and we don't know what faith looks like. Isaiah said it in Isaiah 43. He said, write it down, Isaiah 43 and 2. When you pass through the waters, I'm going to be with you. Through the rivers, they're not going to drown you. When you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned. And through the flame, it shall not kindle upon you. He didn't say, if you go through the fire. He didn't say, if you walk through the water. He said, when. Shake your neighbor real good right now and say, when. I don't know if you're going anything right now or not, but I promise you, your when is coming. Amen. And you can rest assured when you're growing through the raging sea, when you're, when you're going through the, the, the tumultuous river, he said, it's not going to drown you. It's not going to kill you. Why? Because I'm going to be with you. He said, when you walk through the fire, it's not going to destroy you. He didn't say if. He said when. You know what? He didn't put the fire out for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He gave them the grace to walk through it. 
I want to help somebody right now that's going through hell on earth. There's a grace there if you'll quit. Amen. God spoke to me in prayer and said, we're so busy murmuring and complaining and why, 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 why that we don't turn the prayer around and start saying, God, I praise you because you caused me to triumph in all things. Somebody help me. Amen. You got to turn it around with God, I praise you because this don't look good right now, but I know I win because you won. But my winning, here's the deal. My winning may not look like I thought it ought to look because in my winning, I was taken care of on my level. Oh, I need to stop right there and preach when I ain't got time. He didn't kill the lions for Daniel. He gave Daniel the grace to walk right through the midst of a lion's den. Why? Because Daniel said, y'all can make me lion's food, but you can't have my faith. My God, I'm preaching to somebody today. You're not those that quit. You're going through hell right now, and maybe, maybe your mind's been questioned a little bit, but I'm answering those questions right now. He never promised you a rose garden. What he promised you is, yeah, David said, <laughs> what you say, baby? Was you saying sing another verse? Amen. <laughs> Amen. David wrote it like this. Are y'all still okay for a few more minutes? Yea, though, I walk through. Somebody quote it with me. Yea, though, I walk through. Yea, though, even though I'm walking through a valley under the shadow of death, meaning I'm living so close to bankruptcy, I'm living so close to destruction. Anybody in this building? I'm living so much to being broken, I'm walking right under the shadow. But even though I'm in the valley, I will fear no evil because God is with me. And you know what he does? Here's one for you. He anoints my hand in the presence. Oh, no, that's not the way I want you to do it, God. I want you to kill that lion. Put that fire out. And I'm mad at you because you didn't put the fire out. And God was saying, I'm just giving you an opportunity to know me like you've never known me before. So if you'll just put your toe in the water. Somebody ought to put your toe in the fire. Somebody ought to quit fighting God. Quit blaming God and just put your toe in the fire. Because God used the fire to change an entire... Is anybody? Maybe he's trying to use you to put faith in your family. They told us she wasn't going to make it. They told us the brain damage was going to kill her. They told me I had to take a certain route. They told me I had to do this. They told us we had to do this. They told us she's not going to be normal. They told us all these things. Yea, though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Amen. We decided instead of blaming God because I was a preacher, I was a new preacher. Amen. Dedicated everything we had to God. Amen. And you going to let this happen to me? But we, it wasn't easy, was it, baby? But we put our toe in the water and we trusted him. It trusted him. I can't say much for that thing he married, but look what he gave me. You grandkids stand up. <laughs> just, just, just look. Hey, here's the fruit. Here's the fruit. Here's the fruit. Is anybody listening to me? Here's the fruit. He said, when 
wind. I want to tell you where this message came from. It came from months back. It came from the same month y'all went to Toledo Bend. What month was that? July. That's when God started teaching me this principle and I had to start flowing with this. Because someone said to me, I don't know how to encourage these kids because they're going through so much hell and I don't know where God's at. I can't blame them for being discouraged. I'm discouraged. And I don't know what to tell them. Well, I've come to answer that question today. I'll tell you what you tell them. In this life, we're going to have persecution. And when you're connected to stupid people, you get a stupid breeze off of them. I shouldn't have used that word. Huh? It is what it is. It is what it is. Huh? You poor wives that are connected to narcissistic, self-centered knuckleheads that's got to be carried around on a pillar and puffed up all the time. Amen. I'm sorry. You're connected to them and you're going to go through hell on there. But guess what? They is a grace that God gives us. Huh? Amen. And some of you wives are knuckleheads, I guess. I don't know. I'm just telling you, we got to quit preaching, amen, that you're going to walk through this life and all everybody's going to have to bow down to your wishes and your prayer because it ain't going to happen. I don't know how to tell it any plainer. It ain't going to happen. But I don't have to tie my faith to your stupidity. I'm going to tie it to God. And you got to be stupid by yourself. But I'm going to worship. Is anybody in this room with me? I'm going to worship. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you call me. Confiscate my goods. Come get my truck two times. Not one time, two times. Amen. Huh? But I was weaponized early. I wasn't getting this soft gospel we're getting today. I was weaponized early from an old preacher who knew how to work and he knew how to fight. Amen. <laughs> and we were saved as we could be. And I'm telling you, I ain't putting, I was, I was so radical for Jesus. I, I wouldn't belch without saying, excuse me, Father. I'm telling you, I did that in prayer one time. I'm serious. Anyway, that's how dedicated we was, amen. And we watched out the blinds as they come got my first truck I ever bought. They come got my little mobile home and drug it off. Is anybody in this place, amen? <laughs> amen. And I, I was working in Houston, Texas, driving 75 miles one way, making minimum wage, losing everything I got, and drive home worshiping God, you're so good. Is anybody listening to me? My family. Our faith was growing. Our love for the church was growing. Because nobody ever taught me that God was Santa Claus and he didn't want you to go do nothing. But he built us. He built us, baby. He made us. He's losing everything we had. Me and my wife went into a prayer closet down at our church. and We went in there. You should have heard us praying. Nobody was saying, where you at? Oh, you're good, really? 
We were crying out to God, give us grace, give us strength, give us the God. God, build us, strengthen us. Holy Ghost fell in there. Remember that, babe? We came out of that prayer closet. We was on cloud nine and still losing everything we had. But that we held on to the only thing that had eternal value. We held on to the only thing. Because you know what? I got another car. I got another house. I got another gallon of milk. Is anybody in this place? We are not of those who draw back. These kids of mine that's closest to me, not just my biological kids, they laugh at me sometimes because, you know, sometimes us leaders go through something. They'll come to me, Pastor, I think I really need to sit down and rest. I really think I need to bow this and out. But let me tell you what, I didn't come up, I come up under a fighter. And I don't surrender to nothing. <laughs> and I may be overbearing sometimes. I don't know. I just can't find no scriptural references uh, to me bowing out uh, because the battle got hot. You know what you do? You heat the flame up. You pull out another sword. You get a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other. And you build and fight at the same time. That's the Bible. I got to finish. I got to finish. I want to teach on what you call the goodness of God because the goodness of God is you, for you, for some people, is he's constantly passing out candy. All the candy that I need, he's passing out. Sometimes he'll take that candy away from you to teach you some discipline. Here's your another scripture, and I got to wind down. Psalms 34, 19. Don't you look at me like that out there. Don't you get mad at me. I'm just pre I'm the messenger. Don't shoot the mailman. That mailman drove down my road yesterday, my road, because I now have a mailbox. And he put a bill in my mailbox if I'd have caught him. I'd have taught him a thing or two. That's funny, ain't it? Well, why are you getting mad at me when I'm just a mailman? This is a stream of God nobody preaches. And as a result, you won't tell nobody because you think you're having to defend God. God don't need you to defend Him. Paul said, we wrote you this letter because we need y'all to know the hell we're going through over here. <laughs> he said, we, we need y'all to know we're going through it and we don't really know if we're going to... I'll get together in a minute. We don't even know if we're going to make it out of this alive. But we got, we got to defend God. Oh, no, he's good. Praise the Lord. And on the inside, you're broken because you don't understand. But to now you do. I'm, I'm inoculating you so that when trouble comes your way, listen to this scripture. Where's my phone? Delay. Let me, y'all listen to this scripture. God gave me this. He reminded me of this scripture in prayer. And I'm, gonna, I'm going to, uh, y'all don't leave, it'll get better. I'm going to read it out of the, <laughs> Josh said, no, it won't. <laughs> it will next week. Somebody else will be preaching. Listen, this is David. You're not the only one. 
You're not the only one. David said, day and night my tears keep falling and my heart keeps crying for your help while my enemies are mocking me saying, where is this God of yours? Why doesn't he help you? So I speak over my heartbroken soul and say, take courage, O soul. Anybody been in that kind of fight lately? Well, the enemy's telling me, where's God? Where's God? You ain't got nothing left to fight with but your faith. And sometimes you just got to start talking to yourself. Can I finish this? It's kind of lengthy in the passion. So I speak over my heartbroken soul. Take courage. Remember when you used to be right out front leading the possession of praise? When the great crowd of worshipers gathered, gathered together in the presence of the Lord, you shouted with joy as the sound of passionate celebration filled the air and the joyous multitude of lovers honored the festival of the Lord. So then my soul, why are you oppressed? Why do you sink in despair? Just keep on waiting on God, your Savior. For no matter what, David said, I will sing with praise before the presence of God. He said, here I am, depressed and down. Hear the battle? Here I am, depressed and downcast. Don't beat yourself up if you've been here, amen? David said, here I am, depressed and downcast, yet I will remember the Lord and I will ponder the good days and I will remember the glory. He said, here's how I fight it. When I can't find nothing right here in the present to worship about, I'll just start worshiping about something he did. Your problem is, man, I need, to, I need to quit. I want, I, I, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but I am going to leave you with this. There's a scripture right now that the modernists use, and it's the goodness of God that draws them into repentance. And that's all they say. That's all they say. You want to know why? Because that's what they don't understand the goodness of God. In other words, they literally are making people believe that God would be so good to sinners that they will walk in the church and say, I just have to get saved because my finances are wonderful. I'm healthy, and God has been so good to me, I just want to be saved. The goodness of God draws me. I want you to think right now. Come up with one person who you know that got saved on this premise. That just come and say, oh my God, I'm so blessed. I got so many cars, got so many houses. It's just so good for me and my family. I'm just going to get saved. You don't know a one. You don't know a one. Because that ain't what that scripture means. So I wrestled with God about this. And he said, I can prove it to you. He healed everybody that came to him. Everybody got healed. And they were following him by the multitudes. One time he stopped and said, y'all are only following me for the bread because he 
did the miracle of the loaves. The goodness of God was manifested to them and they were all healed. But keep reading your Bible. The closer he got to the cross, the closer he got to the cross, he started preaching, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part. And the whole bunch left him. To the point that he turned and asked his disciples, are y'all going to leave me too? See, the goodness of God didn't draw all them, none of them to repentance. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just telling you when you build a gospel around that, you have set people up for failure. The, the opposite of that gospel is it'd be easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than someone who is, has abundance to get into heaven because the abundance is what keeps people away from God. Are y'all okay out there? So if you're going to make that statement, you better know what you're talking about because the salvation don't come on the heels of God blessing you so good you want to serve Him. It comes on the heels of repentance. And you know what brings repentance? Godly sorrow. Paul taught us that. Are y'all hearing me that we have preached another Jesus? And we have preached another gospel? And because of our gospel, people are being, they're confused and they're blindsided when trial and tribulation comes their way because they didn't sign up for this. They didn't sign up for this. But today, you've been inoculated. Today, you've been weaponized. Are you saying, Pastor, that God don't come through? Absolutely not. That's another stream I could preach next week. That's not the point. The point is, whether he does what I want him to or not, it doesn't waver my trust in him. That's the point. He's still God. And if I have to go through hell on this earth, I'm living in this life in expectation of an eternal life. And so take my stuff. I didn't realize it until I started preaching, babe, but it happened to us. And we literally said, take our stuff. And what could have made me even more pitiful is I worked every day. They didn't come and get it because I wouldn't work. I wasn't lazy. You know? No, I worked and I prayed and I preached. Oh, oh, I could have I just went into a pity party. Oh, my God, I'm preaching for you. And you. No, no, no. We had every reason in the world. But we had been weaponized by faith. Stand with me all over this building. I'm going to throw a bombshell at you while we stand here for just a minute. It was the last part of my message that I won't preach, but I'm going to throw it at you. And I want you to just write the scripture down if you still can. It's in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 10. And to me, it's always been a bombshell. But my Jesus, Paul, literally taught Kamal 
preached this theme one time. I want to say it's one of the best messages he's ever preached, but every time that dude preaches, it's on podcast somewhere, Kamal, if you can think the name of it, I think y'all ought to go back and revisit it. He preached a message, something along the line that you've been called to suffer for Jesus and that suffering produces. You remember preaching that, I know. I don't know if... Is that what he, you titled it, Josh? Is it on? Go, I dare you, go on our podcast and listen to that message, Enduring Hardship. The scriptures, listen to me closely. We're gone. The scriptures I just gave you, Paul teaches that God allowed you to go through some things so you would have the experience to help some people that nobody else can help. Are you serious right now? Paul said, I'm literally having to endure some things and I had to go through some things so that I could be touched with the feelings of your infirmities and to be able to minister to you in a way that that person who never faced this could not minister. That's hard for me to wrap my mind around. Kamal, you preached a lot of that, that God would trust you enough, Job, to let you go through some things to set a precedence for somebody else. What if we could serve God on that level of, it kind of changes the whole theme of prayer of, use me, Father. I want to be used. Well, you know what? In the world we're living in, you're really not usable if you ain't been through nothing. My God, my God. That's why Paul could use this church that was going through something and use it everywhere he went because everybody was going through something. Maybe God's just trying to put you in a position, number one, to know him like you've never known him before. And number two, to be able to grab somebody by the hand and say, let me console you with the consolation that God gave me. Can y'all receive this kind of preaching this morning? Okay, so here's the altar call. And these altars is open for you anytime you want to come and pray. That's why we built these big old ugly things. To remind us the importance of prayer. But you can stand right there and I just want your prayer. I'm, I'm just kind of encouraging you that your prayer just be a question. And, and I just challenge you just for a few minutes that you ask God, Father, show me what my faith is really based on. Come on, just ask. Is it based on my stuff? Is it based on my comfort? Or is my faith really based on you? Would I still be worshiping if I couldn't pay my light bill? Would I still be talking about how good you are if I lost a child? Would I still be declaring the goodness of God if divorce hit my home? Would I still be trusting you if my sickness went on and on and on? Oh, come on. I know it ain't popular. I'm just... I'm just Can I tell you this? Paul had a sickness. 
He had a sickness. I can guarantee you it was a sickness. It wasn't no, it wasn't no fleshly desire in Paul. It's almost proven that he had very, very, he was going blind. And he said, God, would you take this away from me? And God said, this thing, I'm leaving. I'm leaving this because it's more beneficial for you to have this. Because if you don't, pride is going to fill your life. I'm not telling you that what you're going through is something that God's allowing to stay there because you're so spiritual. But I am telling you, God works in ways you don't understand. And if you don't understand that you don't understand, then you're a sitting duck for the devil. Bottom line. So you prayed that. Now I want you to pray, God, give me the grace like David to begin to encourage myself in the Lord. And I will worship you. I need to, I didn't finish what I started a while ago. Okay, Pastor, the Bible says the goodness of God draws men to repentance. What does it mean? If it don't mean everything's going to be made okay so that I'll love him, what it means is God manifested his goodness 2,000 years ago when he nailed his son to an old rugged cross. And he carried all your guilt and shame. And, and God poured out his wrath on his son. The Bible says he commended his love to us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That's the goodness Paul was talking about. That you deserved hell but God gave you heaven. And he said, that goodness ought to draw you to a place of repentance. That's the goodness. That's the goodness. If that, what I just told you is not true, then that part of the scripture ain't true. Because you can't preach the goodness of God draws men to repentance like we preach it in America in third world countries. I learned that when I went to Africa. I learned, well, there's a lot of stuff we say I couldn't preach over here because they're living in extreme poverty. And if you go over preaching that level of goodness, no one can be saved. Father, I pray over you, this body this morning, oh Lord God. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.